Bonnie Glazer, director of the China Power Project at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In this episode of the China Power Podcast, we're discussing China's ambitions to become a global leader in smart city development. Smart cities integrate high technologies with traditional public infrastructure and services with the goal of improving the lives of city residents. These smart technologies can be applied to a broad range of services and sectors, from transportation to energy, waste management, public security, and more. China first identified smart city development as a national priority in 2012 and formally adopted it as part of its national development strategy in the 13th five-year plan spanning 2016 to 2020. By 2019, China had either started or planned construction on 500 smart city pilot projects across the country. China's government and technology companies have increasingly looked outside of China's borders to the global smart city market, where they have used bilateral and regional frameworks to promote smart city development. However, many see China's use of smart city technologies as a mechanism to increase surveillance of citizens, spread authoritarian techniques and ideology, and enhance Beijing's economic influence. To discuss China's goals to develop its smart cities at home and export them abroad, as well as the potential geopolitical implications of these efforts, I'm joined by Dr. Alice Ekman. Dr. Ekman is the senior analyst in charge of the Asia portfolio at the European Union Institute for Security Studies, EUISS. Alice, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bonnie. So maybe you can start by explaining how smart cities in China differ from smart cities elsewhere in the world. Is China's approach similar or is there something unique about it? Well, um, there is similarities. You know, China's smart city is not all about security. It's also about parking management, uh, water treatment, so sustainable development and, you know, just trying to manage. China's mega cities, which is a challenge, and to incorporate technologies step by step in the daily functioning of cities. But to be sure, China's approach towards smart cities is concentrated on the safe dimension of cities. It has invested massively in uh, surveillance technologies, um, and it is combining the dense human and technological surveillance network. Uh, as you know, Bonnie, China's traditionally Chinese cities are based on a dense uh, human surveillance network. But what is different in the case of China now is that uh, technology plays an important role. It's very centralized, it's top-down. Even if local governments are asked to develop smart cities, as you mentioned, about 500 cities now are concerned. But even if local governments are uh, concerned, central government has a national strategy for this. So, so this is also different for many other countries. But most of all, what makes Chinese smart city different from others increasingly is that China has advanced national champion in many of the smart city components. Of course, there is 5G. 5G is one component that makes smart city efficient by accelerating the speed of uh, data flows. But also China is becoming a leader in uh, AI surveillance cameras with Dahua and uh, Ikvision, among other companies. China also is gaining leadership in the drones industry with uh, DJI and other 
companies. And China also has invested massively in uh, big data analysis. So uh, what makes Chinese smart city different is, I would say, the, the state of advancement. China has reached significant, a significant recognizable state of advancement in terms of development of smart cities on its territory. Although official publication is a bit overblown, it's very hard to check if it's actually 500 cities uh, concerned. But there is a national plan here and ambitions are very strong under the leadership of uh, Xi Jinping. So how would you rack and stack China's priorities and in terms of its objectives of implementing smart cities? Do you see this as economic, social, political? I'm sure that they're all important, but how would you rank them? Yeah, exactly. They're all important. First and foremost, economic goal, very clear. For many years now, China has tried to move up the value chain in the product and services it is developing on its territory and also exporting. But the smart city market, in general terms, the surveillance market is huge. On on China, in the Chinese territory, uh, domestically, uh, the market could top uh, 103 billion yuan, so 15 billion dollars in revenue by 2023, according to a research commission by Megvi, which is a a facial recognition startup, which is playing a core role in uh, in smart city development. So China does not only hope to develop smart city for domestic economic development, but also to build national champion able to promote smart city abroad and to uh, generate new sources of growth in this general trend, which is moving up the chain of production so that it can export more technological uh, services and goods. But of course, there is a political goal here, uh, which is clear. As you know, uh, Xi Jinping is advocating an adaptative form of Marxism, which I'm quoting him, always develop along with the social reality and technologies of our time. So basically, it's a, a very connected form of Marxism, whatever definition could be. But what is clear, it was already clear under Hu Jintao, but under Xi Jinping, it is clear that China really invests massively in technological development. For political reason, it is a useful tool to the party to maintain identical skills and a vision of social trends, expectation, but also control, social control. At the time, tensions have been emerging. And first and foremost, in, in Xinjiang, uh, China is testing and developing smart city technologies, including the use of a smartphone app by its police and security authorities. It's testing this massively uh, in Xinjiang province. But also China has tested the use of its technologies in an urban environment, also during different crises and most recently the COVID-19 crisis. So you, I think, you know, correctly emphasize the role here of technology. And as you know, the United States is seeking to limit the transfer of high technology to China. And when people talk about the potential for decoupling, I think technological decoupling is something that Xi Jinping must be quite concerned about. So do you think this could have a negative impact on China's plans to implement the smart cities technologies? To be honest, I'm not sure. Already, China is very present technologically in many developing and emerging countries. There is above 20 countries now, many in sub-Saharan Africa, who, are, who have been allocating the surveillance technologies to, to Chinese firms exclusively. 
And also, as you know, the technological decoupling that is emerging has led China to seek a form of autonomy. It's still dependent on many foreign technologies, but step by step, it hopes to develop a rather autonomous smart city ecosystem in which it can provide most of the components of this ecosystem, from AI cameras to 5G uh, to big data analysis software, etc. So um, at this point in time, I think we should not underestimate the competitiveness of China's smart city offer because we also see a diversity of response. Uh, from many countries. Some are increasingly worried about security and political uh, impact of China's smart city offer and development on the territory, but others are less worried, much less worried. I mentioned some countries in sub-Saharan Africa and some countries in Southeast Asia as well are interested in China's smart city offer. The case of Russia as well is quite interesting. Russia, you know, has signed a deal, I mean, the Russian company MTS has signed a 5G deal with Huawei in uh, summer 2019. And it seems that Russia is also learning from China in terms of smart city uh, uh, model or architecture, uh, not necessarily copy-paste, but it is not so worried about this smart city architecture, it is also an interest in developing a similar form on its territory. All this is emerging, but I think it's very important to note that China wants to export smart cities abroad. This ambition is very clear, can sit in different ways. For example, through training programs that China, the Chinese government is offering to high-level civil servants in a large number of countries, mainly developing countries, but increasingly under the label of the Belt and Road. China is proposing, for instance, a training program uh, with a title, and I'm quoting, Building Smart Cities Under the Belt and Road Initiative, Urbanization Infrastructure Planning and Development, Telecommunication, New Technology and Equipment Maintenance for Developing Countries. All these programs, when you analyze them in detail, clearly position China as an example to follow and encourage officials from the target countries to learn, so-called learn from China, and learn from Chinese urban architecture and, and structure. Um, of course, it's too early to say if China will be uh, actually uh, effective in promoting this, but there is an ambition here. And the simple fact that China is competitive from a technological viewpoint uh, make China's model, I would say, competitive itself, because China is first testing smart city architecture on its territory, and then based on this experience, consider that it has argument to convince uh, target countries to develop similar services and infrastructure on this territory. So obviously, China has some commercial interests in exporting these technologies, but what essentially you're describing is that there is an overall urban governance model that not only exists at home for China that Xi Jinping is promoting, but also trying to export abroad. So can you talk a little bit about how this would advance Chinese foreign policy interests? What are the Chinese trying to achieve? Well, it is difficult to identify clear-cut ground strategy, which is aiming at uh, promoting, I would say, authoritarian system in a comprehensive way all over. I think it's more an opportunistic approach to try to seek opportunities of developing uh, 
uh, Chinese uh, smart cities, services and products where, wherever it can. I mentioned Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, but it's a bit everywhere. <laughs> China is trying to promote its uh, smart city uh, offer. I'm saying this because I don't think um, it's at this point in time fully in part of uh, China foreign policy strategy. It is accompanying it. It's accompanying belt and road development. Now, for instance, China is really underlining the, the importance of developing so-called digital Silk Road. Or, but of course, now, especially in the context of US-China trade and technological tension, a smart city export takes geopolitical dimension, geostrategic dimension, with a security dimension attached to it, of course. And, and many countries are now um, trying to diversify their technological suppliers in the current context. But I think really that this current emerging decoupling and tension with the US is not undermining China's ambition, not at all. And I think even the recent crisis is accelerating China's ambition. For instance, at the time of COVID-19, China's state-owned media has really tried to glorify the use of technologies to face the pandemic. For instance, China has used drones, AI thermal cameras, robots in some instances, but also diversity of smartphone apps. This is not only China, but the fact that Chinese media were really underlying the efficiency of this app. And were also the central government also donated these technologies to several uh, foreign governments, for instance. Uh, video conference equipment, Huawei's video conference equipment were uh, donated to Kenyan government or to the Pakistani government. China also donated uh, AI thermal camera to Lebanon, uh, which is in Lebanon, or drones were also given to uh, several municipalities in lo- and local government, including in the Philippines or even in Spain. So you see here um, opportunity that whenever it is an occasion to promote Chinese technologies, and which are now a component of the smart city uh, architecture, China is trying to do uh, this as much as possible. So it's an all-run strategy that will go on in the coming uh, years. But I would not underestimate because also China is able to step by step build an ecosystem in which companies are increasingly uh, cooperating in the collection and analysis of data. And this is pretty powerful uh, in terms of competitive advantage on the smart city market. I wonder if it's possible for countries to import these smart cities technologies from China while really avoiding the authoritarian norms and practices that they are used for in China. Some of the countries that you mentioned might actually be interested in enhancing the authoritarian capabilities and surveillance and the goals that China is seeking to achieve within China. But is there a potential for some of these countries to acquire the technologies and use these to perhaps advance safety, but yet protect their democracies? My observation is that China's technological companies are really adapting to the local context, right? They are even offering part of the smart city ecosystem to democracies underlying the compliance with uh, local uh, legal context and regulation. So this is an opportunistic move, and I think it would be simplistic to think that companies from democracies are only exporting products and services respecting a democratic frame. On the contrary, authoritarian regime, companies from this regime are only exporting authoritarianism through their technologies. It's more complex than this, but 
uh, of course, so, so there is two track. Uh, some countries are interested by China's offer because it considers, and this is got from a government viewpoint, they consider that it has a political advantage uh, to use these technologies. And this is for authoritarian governments. Some others, including uh, democratic countries, just look at the efficiency component of it. For instance, more and more, China does not only export smart city as a whole, and actually smart cities as a whole cannot be exported. It's part that goes together and that should be interoperable. But China also increasingly tries to position itself in a niche market, which is smart ports, smart airports, smart train station, railways, etc. So a logistical infrastructure and transport of goods that is increasingly smart. And China actually has a competitive advantage under this. And this creates challenges for many uh, government, not just central government, but also local government, because sometimes you have a national strategy. I'm thinking about several EU member states who have a clear national strategy about what this type of infrastructure. But China approach a local government um, mayors or department heads to promote very specific um, infrastructure that um, as such does not does not look threatening. Uh, they just facilitate transport of goods. But step by step, this can lead to a more comprehensive package. And once you use a provider, you tend to uh, refer to as uh, the same one to develop the rest of, uh, of your infrastructure just because it's less costly and it's also more efficient. Obviously, Chinese companies that are developing and exporting these technologies are competing uh, with others around the world. There are companies in the United States and South Korea and Israel, for example. Do you think that China has any special advantages over these other companies that they are competing with? And if you look at it from the perspective of countries that are importing these technologies, why would they potentially go to China over companies from other places in the world? Well, the simple answer is clearly that the technological competitiveness, uh, China now has uh, good products and services. But if you look more concretely beyond the technological age, China is approaching other countries often proposing subsidies or loans to countries who can't afford these technologies. So this is an approach that also can lead with the support of China Exim Bank to, uh, to the development of Chinese technologies in countries who could not initially afford such technologies. Also, China is increasingly trying to develop joint research facilities in target countries. For example, Huawei and ZTE have opened thousands of such research facilities in Africa, in the Middle East, but also in, in Eastern Europe. So centers that specifically focus on smart city technologies. And China hope it's a two-way approach. It hopes to gain also um, to learn from uh, advanced countries in term and gain technology transfer when possible, but also in other uh, countries which are less technologically advanced to develop more uh, basic technological infrastructure, not necessarily 5G, but 3G or 4G. Um, so it's a two-way track, but China, I think, also has a different approach from some of the country you mentioned, because China, and that might be a concern more than an asset, but China, as you know, has a 2017 national intelligence law and has also an approach to data that could give access of the Chinese government to this data in a certain situations. So the question of data privacy and security is at the core also of China's smart city offer. At least it's a an emerging concern and that also in comparative term can differentiate China's offer from other uh, offer. But once again, I would emphasize that in comparative term, 
The fact that several Chinese companies are working together increasingly to provide a smart city ecosystem, this is key. And China has increasingly an edge in, as you know, e-commerce and access to data through the e-commerce companies. You know, Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, Xiaomi, we, we all know them, but they have also, there have been also other companies such as the insurance company Ping An, who has been cooperating with Alibaba, Tencent, and Huawei under so-called PASS um, network to develop a smart city uh, abroad. So there is increasingly cooperation. The fact that China is becoming a leader in e-commerce, but also in surveillance technology that we mentioned earlier, all in all, this gives an asset uh, when China proposes its service abroad. Yeah, at the 19th Party Congress, uh, Xi Jinping talked about China's development path as an option for developing countries. And there's been a debate about whether China is trying to export a model of development around the world. And uh, one could argue that smart cities and the technologies that promote smart cities are part of a model that China does want to impose on the rest of the world to undermine democracy. Maybe some people argue just to make the world safer for authoritarianism in China's system, but others say that it is more than that, that is actually trying to spread those values. So in your study of smart city technologies, do you think that there is evidence that this is a goal that Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party has? Yes, clearly there is evidence. First of all, at this point in time, more than seven years after Xi Jinping came to power, I have no doubt that China wants to promote an alternative governance model in the world. I have no doubt about this. Although China does not talk about model, as you know, prefers the term solution or example for marketing purposes, but the ambition is clear. Already in 2013, in front of the Central Committee in a closed-door meeting, Xi Jinping was mentioning that he believes in the ultimate victory of socialism over capitalism. I know this sounds like a great ideological frame, but the fact that he mentioned this, and later on in the same speech, he mentioned the superiority of socialism over capitalism. I mean, considering that the Chinese current system is superior, that he believes it or not, we don't know. But my, my point, my, my perception, it seems really to believe in it, the fact that several times he mentions the word superiority, but also that China should position itself in the world as having a superior model, at least a political system that is better able to face crisis, etc. And China is playing on this contrast with democracies who would be presumably less efficient than the Chinese current system today. And I think this competition of political systems should not be underestimated because ambition on part of China is very strong. There is two levels of analysis. One is the communication. China is communicating, underlying the presumed superiority of its system, and then the practice, the implementation. And smart city is one way to implement that. Once again, it's not so clear-cut. Chinese companies are ready to adjust to local contexts uh, to promote their uh, services and products. Uh, but sometimes, even in case of foreign countries who are not buying Chinese discourse about the superiority of the China model, the fact that China is becoming competitive from a technology point of view is making some of China's infrastructure attractive. And this infrastructure, when developed on a foreign territory, in concrete terms, shape this territory 
based upon China influence or China example. Uh, smart city is one case. China is first testing and developing smart city on its territory and then proposing uh, this expertise abroad. But other example exists, for instance, you know, special economic zone or industrial parks, as you know, have been also exported in different countries, including Ethiopia or Belarus and a large number of countries. So there is two layers that, and this lead me to say that even if uh, China's rhetoric is not, I would say, uh, attractive everywhere, I think even in, in, we should not underestimate the ability of China to promote this in more concrete terms. And once again, I would refer to the training program that China is developing in the world. I mean, it's explicitly mentioning in, in mentioned in the training program that uh, that uh, other countries should learn from China, <laughs> including from an urban governance um, position. And as you no, it's a multi-layered promotion. There is uh, urban governance in a general sense about uh, traffic management, etc. But there is also China trying to position itself as a model to, to fight against terrorism. And taking Xinjiang as an example, there is also China positioning itself now as a model to find uh, disease and uh, ep- epidemic crisis taking into account COVID-19. Of course, this should be put into question, but the, the political ambition is there. It's written black and white on paper and it's followed by a clicker decision and action. So then, of course, that leads me to the policy question of whether there should be a more coordinated and effective response from democratic countries. What can countries do to prevent China from spreading authoritarian values, from using these smart cities technologies in order to not only legitimize their own system at home, but to undermine the appeal of democracy abroad? Well, first of all, I think we should not underestimate China's competitiveness in the technological sphere. I think that's what we're doing with this conversation, but acknowledging, fully acknowledging China's level of competitiveness in the smart city field, acknowledging China's ambition. In recent weeks, China has just launched a so-called new infrastructure plan, which is planning further investments specifically uh, to develop technologies and smart city development is explicitly mentioned. So this trend will continue. China will try to remain competitive as much as possible, even in the context of technological decoupling. Second, I think uh, we should not consider that uh, Chinese companies are the only one able to spread authoritarian governance. So there is here about a reflection maybe or a questioning about uh, which type of technologies are exported and if we are fully in line with our values, uh, what type of uh, use of the technologies should be uh, promoted. What I mean is that it's a whole discussion to have about uh, the use of technologies in an urban environment. And I wouldn't say that democracies should not invest in the security dimension of smart cities, should not invest in safety. My argument would be on the contrary. For the sake of democracy, it, it is worth considering a further investment in the security dimension of uh, smart cities, not only to shape these technologies, uh, they can be compatible with a democratic context, but also to export these technologies in a competitive way to diversity of countries um, in line with uh, values that are domestically. The last point that is very important that I underlined earlier is uh, the need to work on a package, uh, ecosystem or complementarity. Basically, the smart city is, you know, is including many components. And when you mention U.S. and like-minded partners, 
there there should be a reflection about how smart city alliances or smart city ecosystem could be developed. The diversity of countries, diversity of uh, companies in a comprehensive way so that packages are interoperable and uh, efficient in front of other packages that are promoted and proposed on the market. Well, we've been talking with Dr. Alice Ekman, who's the senior analyst in charge of the Asia portfolio at the European Union's Institute for Security Studies. Thanks so much for joining us today, Alice. Thank you. 